Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Part of the way that we trust in God is that we trust in His Word. And so today our scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's Holy Word. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And He said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and He became anguish and distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we pray that your word, your truth, your insight your spirit would be upon us, and that you would show us and that you would teach us. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Life can be crushing, can't it? Uh, it, it happens in a variety of different ways, and we probably all have our own story of, of feeling that, that crush that can happen with life. I don't know about you, but it happened again this week as as I heard the news and then saw the story that continued to unfold about the mass school shooting in Texas. We've heard those words too often, haven't we? Three words that should never be together have been together way too often, mass school shooting. And there's a crushing that happens and a helplessness that happens as we feel and we hear those words, and I hope and pray they never become commonplace words, that we are motivated to be something, to do something, so that those words become more rare than they are right now. Now, I don't have the answers. I don't think these are easy answers or simple answers. We always wish that there were simple answers to complex problems. And the complexity and the issues that remain with this are so much. But what I I do know 
is that we cannot stay the same. We have to do something different so that the recipe of our country is not mass school shootings. Last night in Taft, Oklahoma, eight people were shot and one was killed. Lord, help us. Lord, have mercy. There is a crushing that I think that we are feeling and we wonder, God, where are you? And God, what happens? And, and so this is a time, and there are times in which we cry out together. Um, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Heather and I were in Israel for a couple of weeks, and we made our way back. We had an adventure on our way back. And um, due to our adventure, we got to go to New York City. And we got to go to another place of crushing that had happened, the uh, World Trade Memorial and the 9-11 Memorial. And as we walked around that memorial, just thinking of the literal crushing that had to happen there. Sometimes it's these big events in life that, that crush us. Uh, sometimes it's little things that can get to us, right? Like uh, just sometimes it is just the little things that, that really just weigh us down and we think, oh no, not this too. So I mentioned we were traveling back. Let me share some of our traveling adventure with you all. On Friday at 2 o'clock Central Time, we left Tel Aviv, Israel. We arrived home Monday at 1.30 a.m. Is that right? No, Tuesday, 1.30 a.m. Whew. There was a few crushing moments in that time. So we, we made our way, and so Saturday we flew into New York. We ended up having to stay in New York. Sunday, um, we, we get to fly from New York to Washington, D.C. We're, we're planning to get on a flight from Washington, D.C. to Tulsa, which is where our group was from, um, and so that we could arrive home. It just happened that on Sunday night, a major thunder and lightning storm came through the Washington, D.C. area. And so in that time, while we were there, there was all of these planes um, that got delayed. Nobody was coming in or out. In fact, there was one flight that landed um, but was not able to get out into the airport. And so they spent at least four hours taxiing on the tarmac. I don't know what hell is like, but I imagine it's something like spending hours on a plane when you just want to get off right there. Um, just, a, just a crazy night of travel. And so I actually fell asleep uh, for a while because our plane that was supposed to leave at 8 something had been delayed to 10 or 11. And so I just sort of crashed. I got woken up um, in, in excitement because our plane that had at that point in time been delayed until 1 a.m. had a new gate and was supposed to leave at 11 something p.m. And so we got off all of our stuff, and it wasn't just Heather and I, there was a group of us, and we were just hopeful and excited, all right, that we might be able to make it home um, that night. And so we go down to the, the gate, and, and while we are, are there, um, we're at like gate 45, we get word that our plane's time has changed again, uh, just a few minutes later, um, and then the gate changes. And so we all go from gate like 45 to gate like 46, not very far. Um, and then we get the notification on our phone that our gate has changed again. So we all make our journey to gate 51, and, and all of us who are trying to get back to Oklahoma, we're just looking at each other, um, just all hoping that um, eventually, you know, things are looking good because they're thinking about us. Even though they're moving us around, we at least have a chance to get home until we get the dreaded text, canceled. 
I mean, we were just crushed. Uh, one of my friends, Stephen, he literally, when he got the news, just dropped down to his knees. It's interesting what happens when we get the news of the bad news, right? Sometimes we, we fall to our knees. Uh, uh, I immediately tried to get into the American Airlines line so that we could be rebooked as soon as possible. You know, me and 200 of my closest friends apparently all had the same idea at the same time. Um, you know, we're, we're just all trying to figure out what to do, but it was just like so crushing because we knew we weren't going to make it home. Um, and we we're just wondering, like, what's next? right? Like what happens next? You've had that experience, maybe not with travel, um, but you've had the experience where something has taken you to your knees and you don't know how to get up from this. I mean, in fact, that's what happens when we are crushed is we wonder, like, how do I get up from this experience? How do I rise up? How do I take the next step? How can I even walk when I feel absolutely crushed? What do I do? And so today is a sermon for people who have felt crushed or who are feeling crushed and don't know how to get up. And if you feel that way, you are not alone. You're in good company because that's how Jesus felt. It says in his, it says these words, he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. So let me just sort of lay out where we are in our story when this came up. Jesus is in the last hours of his life. On the Sunday prior, he walked and entered into Jerusalem as a king on a donkey. He spent that week with his disciples and in the city, and there was a lot of turmoil. That Thursday night, he goes and he has his last supper with his disciples. And then he retreats to the Mount of Olives, to this place called Gethsemane, to be able to retreat and pray before he's arrested and eventually killed and murdered. Now, um, on our very first day in Jerusalem, we, we gathered up on the Mount of Olives, on the place of Gethsemane, and we were able to look out into Jerusalem. And so if you can see this picture that we have here, that gold dome is where the temple would have stood. And so Jesus would have been up on this mountain and would have been able to see the Holy of Holies, to be able to see the central place of Jerusalem, the place that was being protected, the place of holiness. He would have been able to look down. Now you can see some of the geography that is there, but it is staggering how high the mountain of olives was, how deep the valley goes, and how tall it is in order to be able to see what they call Temple Mount, where the temple was at. The best way that I can use to describe it is that imagine you're at Owen Field or Boone Pickens Stadium. You can choose which one you want to be at, all right? And you are at the very top of the bleachers on one side. And, and when you look down, there's a steep decline all the way down. The valley is the football field. It's longer than that, but there's the valley. And then there's this steep rise. And if you're up at the top of the stadium, you can see everything. And that's what it would have been like for, for Jesus to be up at the Mount of Olives, is that he could have looked out, he could have seen down in the valley, and he could have seen Jerusalem and everything that had happened and was about to happen. But it wasn't the first time somebody had actually went to the Mount of Olives, and we find it in our scripture. In 2 Samuel chapter 15, we hear about David. Now, King David had some problems, um, and sometimes those problems were with his own family, including his own son, Absalom. 
And so in, in 2 Samuel chapter 15, it says, A messenger came and told David, The hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. And David said to all of his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, we must flee, or none of us will escape Absalom. We must leave immediately, or he will move quickly to overtake us and, be, and bring ruin on us and put the city to the sword. And so they escape Jerusalem, and they run to this Mount of Olives. And it says later on in that text, But David continued up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered, and he was barefoot. All the people with him covered their heads too and were weeping as they went up. And so here on this mountain that overlooks the holy city, that overlooks the temple, that overlooks Jerusalem, David goes up and weeps. It's a place of tears. It's a place where Jesus would have wept over the city of Jerusalem before he entered on the Palm Sunday road. It's a place to see and to experience death and destruction. David writes these words in Psalm chapter 3. Lord, how many are my foes, how many rise up against me. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I will call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And so imagine David pinning these words as he looks out on the holy mountain, hoping and praying. And that's sometimes what we do, right? We find ourselves retreating or escaping of something and we cry out and we look for something that would give us hope that maybe things are not as bad as they seem and maybe this crushing will not end us. And so it is hundreds of years later after David escaped the mountains to escape his enemies that Jesus retreats to the Mount of Olives not to escape his enemies but to confront his humanity. Because sometimes what, what the enemy is is what is inside of us. Sometimes it is what happens around us that crushes us, but sometimes our own humanity is what is preventing us from the life that God would want us to have. And so he goes up to this Mount of Olives and so it was on that very first day, we go to the Mount of Olives and we see this sort of, they, they have this olive sort of area, this garden area. In fact, some of these olive trees were thousands of years old. If those trees could talk and tell us what it was like. And, and, and what they often do in Jerusalem is that they, they find a place of holy significance and then they, they built a church around it. And so um, you, may, you can't really see it um, because I'm not the best photographer, but in the center of this beautiful church is a big old rock. And it was almost as if a rock would be right here, and they built the whole church around it, and this would be the place that they believed that Jesus prayed the second Lord's Prayer. And it was such a moving experience for us because, well, yes, um, seeing the, the place where Jesus died and, and, and resurrected, those were amazing. But, but there was something about praying at the altar right in front of that rock, this same prayer that Jesus prayed. My Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And, and this, this second Lord's prayer this is where Jesus, there was a powerfulness of it. Because he, the things that happened next were amazing. But what happened there 
made everything else possible when he surrendered his will to God's. Now, I mentioned that I heard somebody once call it the second Lord's Prayer, and I think a lot of us have said the first part of the second Lord's Prayer, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. We're really good at praying this prayer. We're really good at saying, Lord, I hurt, will you just help me out? God, can you, can you rescue me from this? I don't want to be in pain anymore. We're really, really good at praying this prayer. God, I'm tired of it. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. Make the pain go away. And God hears us when we cry out. That we have evidence throughout Scripture of people who cried out to God and God has heard their cry. We're really, really good at praying this part of the prayer. We do not want to suffer anymore. But we are not so good at praying the next part. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. We're, we're not as good at, we, we, we actually come to God and we say, God, I'm suffering, I'm hurting, I have the solution, and just do my will and everything will be fine. But we are not good at praying this prayer of ultimate surrender, not your will, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And so you can only imagine what it was like for Jesus to know what was coming, to confront his own humanity, and then to have to choose to go through the pain and the suffering. As part of our experience in Israel, we had a, a guide um, who was from Jerusalem and who had great wisdom and knowledge that he would share. And then also um, we would have devotions at various stops uh, by the, the leader of the trip, a pastor by the name of Tom Harrison. And as we were doing a devotion on this mountain, he said these words, and they just stayed with me throughout the trip. He said, precious oil can come into your life through crushing events. Precious oil can come into your life through crushing events. I mean, because that's what the Mount of Olives was all about. It was a place of crushing. Because in order to, to, for the olives to serve their purpose, they needed to be crushed so that the oil and the valuable oil that could come out would be that way. And so he said to people, and I say to you, some of us are crushed right now. Life didn't go the way that we expected it to. There was something that happened to us that was unfair. There was an expectation that we had that was never met. There was, life has become so overwhelming. We, we come to church and maybe we're filled with grief and we're just trying to make it through. And we walked in with a limp in our heart because it has been crushing. But what we believe is that precious oil, God can make something beautiful out of these miserable experiences. Hebrews says it this way, because Jesus took the crushing and he moved forward. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And one of the things that can crush us the most is actually shame. That, that this idea of who we're supposed to be or these things that we've done and that sometimes we feel like such a disappointment and so much shame and so much difficulty that we are absolutely crushed. But Jesus, who was crushed with grief to the point of death, did not stay crushed, 
but he rose up and took the next step. Now, when you and I are, are crushed, when you and I feel the walls caving in, um, it says that psychologically we do a few things, right? We, we flight, we fight, or we freeze, all right? So some of us, uh, we're like David, and we run away, all right? We, we fly, um, and we just want to get out of there. Um, and so that's kind of what we do. Sometimes we, we fight, and, and so we're, we're just ready to put up a fight. Um, if anybody at American Airlines uh, wanted a fight, I was ready to give them one, uh, right? Like you just, you just, you want to do something. Or sometimes we're just so taken aback that we just freeze and we don't know what to do. But Jesus didn't do any of those things. He, he, he escaped, he, he retreated to a place, but he wasn't flying. He didn't set up a fight. In fact, he, he, told, he told Peter to put his sword down. He didn't freeze. Instead, he did something altogether different, which I think we are called to do when we're crushed, which is to fall. And to fall at our knees and say, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. But I want your will to be done, not mine. And so often that's so hard. Because we have a plan, we have expectations, we have hopes, we have desires. We just want the pain to stop. But God has often called us to make our way through the pain so that we can get to the joy that's on the other side of the crushing and that we can experience the precious oil. I came across a, a quote from Eugene Peterson who was a translator of the message. I hated it, so I thought you should hate it too. When we pray, we have a more than average chance of ending up in a place that we quite definitely never wanted to be. Angrily protesting, preferring death to the kind of life that God insists on recklessly throwing us into. Have you ever thought about that? That when you pray, you are surrendering into the life, not that you have in your head, not that the American dream says that you should have, you are surrendering yourself into a place that you would not desire to go and you might even say, Lord, what in the world are you doing? He said, praying most often doesn't get us what we want, but what God wants. Something quite at variance with what we conceive to be in our best interest. And what I believe is that so often when we pray and, and when we come to God and we say, let this cup of suffering pass from me, what we really want are good circumstances. But what God really wants is this internal self to trust in him. When, we, when he doesn't part the waters, we begged for him to part. When these things don't work out the way that we do, what do we do? Do we trust or do we fight for our will? Do we try to escape and numb the pain? Do we just sit in a frozen moment? Or can we fall at our knees before God and pray that prayer, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. As we're up there on the Mount of Olives, and again, imagine you're on the bleachers. Imagine what it would have been like for Jesus. It would have been night, so it would have been dark. You're at the top, and you look down into the valley, and you look across the other side. You can see Jerusalem 
And imagine you're there praying with Jesus. Now, you and I would have fallen asleep just like the disciples, all right? Um, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We would have been snoring too. But imagine what Jesus saw as he's praying this prayer and he looks up off the rock and he sees on the other mountainside coming down the bleachers torches in the darkness. He watches Judas. He watches the Pharisees. He watches the Romans come down the other side. He watches them go across the Kidron Valley, and he watches them make their way up to him. He doesn't run. He doesn't fight. And he falls as the enemy approaches, and he prays, Lord, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering that's coming right at me away. But not my will, but yours be done. And as they get closer, he says these words, the time has come. The Son of Man has been betrayed. Up, let's get going. My betrayer is here. He was arrested. He went through a mockery of a trial. He was whipped. He was beaten, forced to carry his cross, and died because of the joy that was set before him. And then three days later, he was risen from the dead. And if God can take the cross, which was the sign of death and grotesque brutality, and make it beautiful, he can take your crushing experiences and make precious oil come from them. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans 8, 28. It says these words. And we know that in all things, all things, not just some things, not just a few things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so whatever your crushing moment is, and maybe it's happened, maybe it's happening, maybe it will happen in the future, just remember that God can make something good out of it doesn't mean it is good. It certainly isn't. But God has a way to make precious oil come from crushing events. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 830 and 1050 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.